Welcome to Crush and Disappointment. This episode's been a bit of a rush job, both in terms of the preparation and the editing. So you're not going to get the uh, high quality of editing you've come to expect from these episodes, as I only recorded this yesterday. And um, I don't know why I've I've rushed it out, because it's a bank holiday, but I have. Like I'm doing now, in this episode, I um, read some quotes too quickly. You can't hear what I'm saying. I don't think you can. But um, I don't have enough time to redo them, so um, enjoy that. I might put the text in the description if you want to read along like a psychopath. Also, the SD card that I record these on is playing up. So I've I've put a very small SD card in, so I don't have a lot of time before the memory runs up, which is why I'm rushing through it. When I was chatting to Richard about his crush, the Pink Ranger, which is what this episode is about, there were a few bits where I was concerned about repeating myself from previous episodes when talking about um, my crushes or the things I liked when I was younger. And as a result, I think if you're slagging off something that someone likes and you're not doing it to yourself, you can seem a bit like you're attacking that person. So um, I need to work out a way to... I might just in future probably say it but then cut it out because you don't want to hear it again and again. And also I might do an episode where I talk about my crushes. So um, I can't use all that content up in these different episodes. I've spoken about Jennifer Garner playing Electra quite a few times. But I've uh, purposefully not mentioned Janelle Monae so that I can uh, speak about her at length. Most shockingly in this episode, I try and sound smart and say thesis, but I say thesis, so I sound like a twat. I think that's everything, so um, here's the crush. God, of all the, of all the subjects I had to get. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you picked it. I didn't pick it, you said the subject is first crush. Yeah, okay, fair. But I mean, the Pink Ranger was your decision. Oh no, that, uh, yeah, that's my decision, but of all the subjects. Um, I, I've got loads of, well, not loads of, I've got a decent number of quotes and like, I don't know, quite scary quotes. And I'm not really sure like, <laughs> what we'll have to say about them. I think a lot of it will be reading something out and we'll both go, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's kind of it. But um, I'll start off with some easier ones. So... I mean, I guess, do you remember the first time you saw Power Rangers? Yeah, it was on TV. <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> I remember, I'm seriously older than you. In the, but I, I was there when the original one first hit the screen. So what year was that? Or do you remember how old you were? <sighs> Something like five or six, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was big. It was the first thing of its type. So it was in the papers, Toys R Us, rest in peace. <laughs> was just had all the toys mm-hmm. ever. And it was insane. It was mad. And obviously, awesome at the same time. I've watched, I've seen old clips recently and I'm like, oh, Jesus, God, that's, that's <laughs> as cheesy as hell. So what was awesome about it at the time? They were the first, for me, they were the first superheroes I saw on TV, mm-hmm. like live action. And they were teenagers. Yeah. As best as the actors were performing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, were they all like in their 40s or something, you know, like Greece, where they pretend to be teenagers? Um, I think they were more like in their tr- mid to late 20s. Okay. So they weren't. Well, I say they weren't as far off, but clearly they were far off. But um, yeah, and it was like, officially they were teenagers. I was like five or six. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that at the time. And they were fighting the supervillains and the monsters of the week. And they had the cool robots, Zords, to be accurate. <laughs> and yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good show for its time. Okay. I guess when I was Googling stuff to try and find about it, I'd, I'd get some cultural criticism or something i couldn't find a lot of it the main thing i could find was parents and teachers from the time 
saying that it was making kids super violent and fighting each other. I mean, yeah, you- we didn't we didn't have Grand Theft Auto to <laughs> blame at that point. It was Power Rangers that got the blame. There were posters of whatever was the most favourite Ranger at the time holding up hand as a kid was trying to kick another kid, and the poster would read, "Kids don't kick kids." <laughs> was that in your school? That was that was in magazines, in comics, in literally. I can't remember not seeing a magazine like, especially aimed at a younger person mm-hmm. that did not have it. Even as the power, even as I was growing up and got out of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Any of the magazines, like computer game magazines that I used to get, they would have a poster in it of the current favourite Power Ranger with the same phrase saying, <laughs> kids don't kick kids. Same two kids as well, but different Power Ranger. I always feel very, like you say with the whole video game thing, very sceptical when uh, people talk about violent video games ca- causing yeah. kids to be violent. But I mean, do you recall, like, did you play as Power Rangers? Did you deck your brother? No, that, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, you pretended to play fight mm-hmm. as... Kids always do today that they pretend to play fight and everything like that. And don't get me wrong, there's probably a moment that he probably got hit. And there's a problem that as friends, you all hit each other. But ultimately, nothing like you didn't mean to kick him or hit him because you were all aware that it's going to hurt. And once it happens once, especially if it's not to you and you see the person in pain, you're like, I don't want that to happen to me. (laughs) Even as a kid, you know, you don't want that to happen to you. So it's like, okay, we'll just pretend to kick. Little did we know, that's exactly what they were doing on the show. But don't get me wrong, you will always get the idiots who will do it anyway. But then you get the idiots in the schools today (laughs) and even in the streets today after a night out or something who think, oh, yeah, we'll play fight in the streets and it's going to get too rough and (laughs) things happen. But... I do remember there was so much, so many posters and adverts of that type of thing, just trying to prevent it. And it's like, and that's because it was like the first of its kind. Like the closest thing you could have was maybe the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, mm-hmm. which was in on in the eighties, I think. And they were doing reruns by the time I got, that was like the most violent thing yeah. next to Power Rangers. And it just didn't, even then they didn't like kill each other. Mm-hmm. They just sort of like, gently hit each other but didn't they they all had like pointed didn't one have size one of them had like a knife oh, yeah. maybe not a knife yeah. but-, but like all the villains they were fighting were robots and because it was it looked like that typical 80s cartoon it just didn't look violent like I've seen mm. when I, I like I used to like that but watching it nowadays it's like there are even clips where clearly the drawings don't connect to each other <laughs> and it's just like they didn't even connect yeah. what is going on I'm sure I remember seeing that in the um X-Men cartoon, Wolverine would only ever stab robots yeah. and because then you just see him fighting people all the time just tussling with them. But his literal whole thing is he's got knives on his hands so he yeah. wouldn't use them. Yeah. And yet all he does is stab the robots mm-hmm. and anyone else will get a punch or a kick and that's it. Mm-hmm. He will never use his claws on those people because yeah. they were so hot on it at that point. And I think I saw with um, the Batman animated series, there were sort of these rules that they had to abide by, I assume by some governing body. And it was something like you weren't allowed to have a character point the gun at the screen because that was deemed as something that a kid could imitate. Yeah. And I guess in the States, kids have got guns from the age of two, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the biggest thing was that they had guns because normally if you look at any cartoons from around that show, like even like the Spider-Man cartoon, mm-hmm. the police all have laser guns, which mm-hmm. you're like, where, where do you get the laser <laughs> guns from nowadays? But Batman was the first animated show to like have the guns Mm -hmm. as far as I can remember and it was a big thing but there were so many restrictions on it and like you couldn't do certain things I think I've got to whack up my big quotes already so I've got one from Diane Levin and Nancy Carson Page said that teachers reported seeing an increase in violence as children imitated what they had seen on the screen 
and J.M. Lizowski from 1995 said that there are more than 200 acts of violence per hour compared with just under 100 for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was basically arguing that because they were actors rather than animated, kids had more of an issue distinguishing the fantasy from reality. Yeah, but kids are stupid. (laughs) Well, it was interesting because there was um, all the stuff about the target age group. And this one article said that kids from 2 to 11 were watching Power Rangers, which is like a massive, like the difference between a 2-year-old and an 11-year-old is insane. So A. Shepard from 1994 says that 6- to 7-year-olds remembered significantly fewer crucial plot elements than 8- to 9-year-olds, and that younger children had difficulty understanding the motives for the characters' behaviours. So basically, the, the younger kids would just remember the violence and the punching while the older kids... I mean, to be fair, there wasn't much plot in that. <laughs> but in most episodes, it was, oh, look, there's a new monster. Let's fight the monster. Oh, the monster's growing big. Let's call the Zords. <laughs> Destroy the monster. Yay, party at the end. <laughs> and literally, that's how my, nearly every episode of Power Rangers can end. I still think it's cool. It's cheesy as hell. Like, if you... There's no way you could put that up today <laughs> and it would survive. That is complete 90s cheese. Yeah. I mean, you feel like after, I don't know, hundreds of episodes, the Power Rangers would realise that they should just get into the massive one straight away and <laughs> sort it out. So, I've just got so many names. Maria W. McKenna and Elizabeth P. Ossoff say that, like many superhero and action-adventure formats, the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers program is value-laden. A moral theme or lesson is presented in every episode. In fact, parents use this as a reason for allowing their children to watch the program, despite the parents' concern with its violent content. Do you recall morals? I get the, there was the whole don't pick on other kids because they were bullies and then some of the more stronger or popular rangers would defend some of the geekier rangers. <laughs> and obviously the main emphasis was, and the reason you can't beat the big bad is because you need to work together and form the Megazord. So it was all about teamwork was the main moral thing. There were little morals of the episodes. I don't remember what they are. Oh my God, it was in the 90s. I can barely remember what I did yesterday, let alone in the 90s and what I watched. So you're not saying that the morals of Power Rangers have taken your whole life. You wake up in the morning, you think, teamwork. I, no, because I, I, I end up working with my team. I'm like, oh, here we go again. So I don't know when this is from, but I saw something from PowerRangers.com was saying that there's five morals in Power Rangers. So moral one, standing up for what is right. Yeah. Do you feel you do that in your day-to-day? I feel I do that in my day-to-day. I hope so. <laughs> Especially if I'm uh, As a two, teamwork and cooperation. That's, was that the main one you'd say that you yeah, took that, from that'd it? that'd be the main one. Three, confidence. Uh, I suppose there were some rangers that weren't as confident. They were always encouraged to do better and voice their opinions. So yeah, I suppose confidence. I, I can see that. Four, physical activity and healthy eating. I don't remember the healthy eating thing. I mean, there was a whole episode based on a food fight where a giant pig came down and kept eating all the food in the city. <laughs> that seems like a good one. <laughs> so, what was the resolution of that? I mean, they blew him up and then he grew big and then they called the Megazord and blew him up again. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems weird. Like, how would you incorporate healthy eating into it? Like, would they all be eating apples like, while they're chatting? I have no idea. Like, that, that one, like, I get like the the fitness thing because they were all running around and doing backflips and like they would do that before they got into the costumes so mm-hmm. I, I can kind of see that and one of them was a gymnast and another one practiced like a form of martial arts slash yoga they were all martial arts anyway so I can see the healthy th- fitness thing five caring and friendship yeah that was always a yeah, we're friends <laughs> yeah that's my five morals um so I guess we move on to the um, Pink Ranger. Who was she specifically? What was her story? The Pink Ranger in, sh- in the show was Kimberly Hart. The actress was Amy Jo Johnson. 
she was the prettiest of the of the two girls. Mm-hmm. Initially, she was like the typical, I suppose the Americans would say, the typical valley girl. Mm-hmm. Though she was a gymnast in the show, she eventually fell for the Green Ranger, who is possibly the greatest ranger ever. <laughs> and then, oh, about th- three series later, she left the show and was replaced by a different actress. Mm-hmm. Was it a different character? Or- yeah, a different character took over. And... Eventually, she did come back for... Well, she was in two movies. She was in the original Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie, mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with the TV show other than it had the original cast and the colours. So, how, how was it not related then? Um, the villain destroyed their base of operations and then they had to go get new Zords mm-hmm. from another planet. And then cut back to the TV show and because the TV show took was following the Japanese show, because they're all based on a Japanese show. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was a completely different monster that destroyed the Rangers' orbs, and then they had to go to a desert, not on a different planet, just a desert in Nevada or something, mm-hmm. to locate an ancient ninja who gave them their new powers. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the, the plots. I mean, I've come so lost about what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how kids are supposed to follow this. Did, do you feel like you got a grasp of it at the time, what was going on? I'm pretty certain I, I got it. I was... More towards the old range range though, mm. as it was going on, so I was able to keep up with it. And um, this is, I guess, a feces that I've got for the episodes that I've done so far. I don't have enough data to back it up, I'm going with it. We're just talking about how um, a lot of the guys I've been talking to, their crushers have been love interests of the character that they're identified with. And you were saying that the Green Ranger is like the ultimate... Guy. I mean, I wouldn't identify completely with Green Ranger because he was such a badass. Uh, <laughs> no, but, clearly not. Oh, maybe not identify, but the one that you, would you say he was your favourite, was he? he? He was my favourite when he came on. Oh, the Red Ranger was always my favourite, and then the Green Ranger appeared. I was like, go away, Red Ranger. <laughs> this is the guy. Right. He also had a dragon as a Zord, which was like, I mean, to be fair, it looked like Godzilla, so it should have been Godzilla Zord. But um, he was sort of always sort of like, he was never quite always part of the team, mainly because in the Japanese show, Mm-hmm. The character of the Green Ranger dies quite early and he's never really around. So the Green Ranger has very limited screen time. And if you actually watch a lot of his clips, a lot of them are repeats from the okay. previous episodes. Just because in the Japanese show, the character got killed off. I'm sure I saw something as well about um, some of the actors left the show, but the show just reused some of their old footage to keep the characters in. Yeah. Uh, it kind of had. Um, the original red, black, and yellow Ranger left. I think it was over money problems, but I'm not 100% sure on that. And so they were written off, but the show hadn't got ready to replace them. Mm-hmm. So it came up with a whole storyline with them. And most of the time, they were either in costume, so you couldn't see their faces, mm-hmm. or it was literally clips from old episodes. <laughs> Obviously, as kids, you don't recognise yeah. it, but when you watch it again, you're like, what they're saying doesn't quite match the, vo- mm-hmm. the vocals. <laughs> and if you listen to it, you can hear that the voice actor mm-hmm. isn't quite the same as what they are. Because I also saw, um, what's her name, um, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger, was saying that in a recent interview that she got paid shit while on Power Rangers and she was forced to do, like, well, not forced to, she had to do stunts that were dangerous and she almost died a couple of times. But she looked back on the experience fondly, but it seems like the, perhaps the cast weren't treated particularly well. No, there, there's a lot of bad, like, the Blue Ranger was gay on the set and he said he got picked on loads for that. Uh, okay. Yeah, the the reports from back then doesn't make it sound like it was the greatest set to work on. Mm. But a couple of them came back and I suppose they can now all go to like the cons and stuff. So that is a bonus and stuff. 
but they'll always be the original Power Rangers. That's the, like the thing <laughs> they, they, they they've got that cemented for them now. Was it um, the Yellow Ranger? I think she, didn't she die? Or yeah, she, she died in a car crash. Yeah, uh, about ten odd years ago now. Mm. Uh, also, my other trivia bit about her, oh, it's a bit weird, it's quite a deaf trivia, was um, that I think in the Japanese show, the Yellow Ranger was a man. And so that's why her costume isn't gendered like the Pink Ranger is. Yeah. The Pink Ranger's got a skirt. but the Yeah, in the original Japanese show, the Yellow Ranger was the guy. And yeah, but because they literally take all the clips from Japan, they just never, they never tailored it to the female character. Mm-hmm. So they just left it as a guy. There are moments where you can clearly tell it's a guy as well. <laughs> and it's just like, again, as a kid, you don't even notice. But once you're older, you're like, yeah, that is definitely a dude. <laughs> and I couldn't work out from uh, my Googles yesterday. The Japanese show, was that Power Rangers or was it a completely different show that they just used the martial arts clips from? Um, all the series are based on it and everything. And they all use the costumes and the zords from it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so they'd edit all the Ranger and Zord pieces, dub over any language that they had to do. And then the only bit that they would film would be the actual teenager, the actual cast out of costume. Mm-hmm. That's the only part they'd film. And then, like, they might... They might obviously have to redo, like, some of the bases and everything. If, like, they appear out of costume, they'd have to redesign them. But, yeah, like, the guy who played Zordon, who was a giant floating head, <laughs> literally recorded for like a day and then they just reused because his floating head was a bit blurry mm-hmm. they just reused that one clip <laughs> of him as the floating head and then just got someone else to just dub over on the voice mm-hmm. and that was it sweet <laughs> high quality program hey that's that's the 90s for you it doesn't get any more 90s than Power Rangers I'll tell you alright I will say the, the ongoing story arc of her love with the Green Ranger eventually came to a head when t- a series after she left, he got a letter saying that they were breaking up. Oh, no. Oh, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> we all felt for him. But we were all like, oh, you kind of like the new Pink Ranger. Just get with the new Pink Ranger. It'll be okay. <laughs> all didn't dispose of it. What's the word? Repl- not replaceable. I can't think. But did you invest in, in their relationship, in their romance? Yeah, as a kid, it was the it was a pretty good little thing. Mm-hmm. Like. Because it was aimed so at kids. Like, there was nothing over. There was no kisses or anything like that. Uh, okay. Like, the closest thing you got was a hug. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the most romantic they ever got. But yeah, it was a good little subplot for the Power Rangers instead of all punching and kicking and calling the Zords to blow up the monsters. <laughs> and did you did you like the Pink Ranger from the get-go? Or was... Because... I mean, you said the green was your favourite. Was the pink your second favourite? Or the red? The pink was the prettiest. That's the, yeah. that's the thing I noticed first, and that's how she became the crush. Uh, j- just throughout the show, she's just pretty, and I liked her. So <laughs> that was that. And then my sister always wanted to pretend to be the pink ranger. I was like, you can't be the pink ranger. You've got to be the yellow ranger. You've got to be the yellow ranger. Why? Because I like the pink ranger. You can't be the pink ranger. <laughs> I actually had to Google what Valley Girl was, because I had an image of it being someone from Wales. <laughs> but... <laughs> Apparently it's a socioeconomic stereotype depicting a class of women characterised by the Californian English dialect valley speak and materialism. It's weird though because whilst that's her character's type is like the valley girl, mm-hmm. she's nothing like that type at all. Like, yeah, there'd be a moment where she's a little obsessed with her hair or makeup or anything. But most of the time she was completely against the archetype that mm-hmm. her character was meant for because it didn't stand up well for like teamwork or anything. There are characters later on where I've caught random episodes of mm-hmm. like future series. And there are characters that much more follow that 
type of character mm-hmm. for the Valley Girl, and then their apparently their arcs are better because obviously they go from being very selfish to mm. working with the team, helping everyone out, being the good moral person <laughs> that Power Rangers are. Yeah, I guess with the show and the Pink Ranger specifically, I've got um, I found quite a lot of I guess personal essays that people have written about their responses to Power Rangers. Okay, and I guess the positive sides of that and the negative side because you have got. Um, I guess we can maybe talk about it a bit the, the weird color allocations of the original Power Rangers based yeah. on gender and race. It's a bit weird, yeah. <laughs> but um, the um, so I found one article called um, "How the Original Power Rangers TV Show Made Me a Feminist" by Shayna Roth, and she talked about how the show gave her an understanding of bullying. And then another one from Jessica Arnold talking about how Kimberly being outspoken was something that she related to. But then another one from someone who wasn't going to get their last name called Suzanne, talks about how it, the Power Rangers one of the first things where they realised, I guess, of a gender imbalance and the fact that the Red Rangers were always a leader, but a woman was never a Red Ranger. And yeah. so you had, I guess, two sides of it where you could see this figure as being empowering, but also getting an understanding of, I don't know. It's interesting because, in, yeah, in the original series, it was you had three white people, the Red, Blue and Pink Ranger, and the Red Ranger was the leader. And then the black guy was the black ranger. The Asian girl was the yellow ranger. And it, yeah. And then later on, the white guy was the white ranger. Hmm. Though, to be fair, the guy who played Zack, the black ranger, he always looks back and goes, no, I was, I was always cool with being the black ranger. I, I owned that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now, nowadays, like, it was shortly after that 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 n- almost never happens. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they go to, like, great lengths to make sure that doesn't happen. There have been two series, if I remember rightly, that there were female rangers who were leaders, mm-hmm. but neither one was red. Okay. As far as I'm I don't know if there's ever been a red female ranger. I haven't seen many of the modern stuff, mm-hmm. so I don't know if they have done another one. Mm-hmm. And then later on, in another series the pink ranger was the leader because the red ranger was like the newest character. Mm-hmm. And eventually he sort of, it sort of became a co-leadership thing where obviously he matures over the, for the series and everything. But as far as I'm aware, yeah, that I can't remember if the, I don't know if there's ever been a female red ranger, which mm. is something like they probably do need to look into. Yeah. It's like when they announced for this new, for the new movies and they're going to do a sequel now. And a lot of people want, a female Green Ranger. And my mate was like, how do you feel about it? Because you're the one who remembers Power Rangers most. I went, I don't care. So long as it's good. I mean, I quite enjoyed the recent movie that came out. Uh, I just wanted a nice little good action film and I got it and I was quite happy with it. So I was like, everyone did their job well. I thought the actors and actresses were good. Though it'd be, and it'd be the first time I think that the if the Green Ranger did become a girl, you'd have three girls and three boys because I don't know if there's ever been a team where there's been more than two girls. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's always three to four boys and two girls. Yeah. Or on a few occasions, I think there's only been one girl in a team. Mm. So. Yeah. I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't it? A bit of uh, balance. <laughs> but I, where did it, I did see some some responses to the the new film in which when the armor was released, well, images of the armor for the yeah. new film, you notice that the female Power Rangers had like boob armor and wedges. Yeah. And it was this thing of like, how are they supposed to fight? In these, this is not practical for them to go out and fight. But um, who is it? So Louise Pennington says that the costumes are not only sexist but utterly irresponsible. The women who play the pink and yellow Power Rangers are skilled athletes. Sexualizing their outfits for a program aimed at children teaches young girls that their only value is their appearance, regardless of their skill set and training. 
Wedges will put the women at risk of ankle and knee injuries that their male counterparts won't experience. Equally, small girls emulating them at high risk of injury. I didn't know, shall we be honest? I, was like, <laughs> I mean, in my costume, they had like, don't even know what type of costume it was. It weren't rubber, but it was like... Yeah, I don't know what it was. It's like, that wasn't going to do much protection, yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose I can see where that's coming from. <laughs> um, I mean, did you, did you like the new film? Yeah, I quite enjoyed the new film. Um, I think I missed it in the cinema, uh, but I watched it when it was on TV, and I was like, ah, you know what? That was a pretty good little Power Ranger <laughs> film. I was a little disappointed with the Zords, and <laughs> I can't remember the actress who played Rita in the film. Oh, Elizabeth Banks. That's it. I didn't like that. Okay. Like, I felt that she needed to tone it back way, <laughs> way back. Like, I was like, whoa. I was just like, well, that was... And I, whether that was her choice or the, the director's choice, go, yeah, really go for it and go nuts. I feel like you would do with Power Rangers, though, wouldn't you? Isn't it you said it was like this super sort of I know, corny. but like, like her character was just that. That was the one thing that like I liked every other character. I was a little disappointed that her main henchman, Goldar, was just killed at the end because no, he was like a reoccurring villain throughout the series. But I can live with that. But you can get other villains out. But her character, yeah, her character just really like, every time she was on screen, I was like, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> and they really milked their Krispy Kreme partners. They, <laughs> like, they were after every other clip was like Krispy Kreme got mentioned or there was a Krispy Kreme really? box wow. in the background. And then the crystal that they were after. Was the Krispy Kreme crystal? <laughs> no, it was buried under Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so they were trying to get it. But this goes against the intrinsic morals of the parent, which is healthy eating. That they've got to get to their core values. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, I was just like, a little less Krispy Kreme, <laughs> toned down rate of repulsor, mm-hmm. it would have been a really good film. Other, but like, I enjoyed it. I, did, I didn't walk out. I didn't leave it going, oh, I wish I hadn't watched that. I, mm. thought, I walked away going, oh, that was an all right film. I'd like to see a second one. And then like, initially they were like, oh, I didn't make enough money. I was like, damn it, I should have gone to see it in the cinema. <laughs> my, my six quid might have helped. And then... But now Hasbro's got the license and they're going to do a second one. So I'm like, yeah, go for it. So they're going to milk that toy range for everything it's mm-hmm. worth. If Hasbro can milk something. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the stats, but um, it's my understanding is that films like that make most of their money from merchandising. Yeah. And so with something with a, such a strong brand as Power Rangers, if you just sort of keep it in the public consciousness, keep it tipping over with a few films every now and again, yeah. you can uh, sell yeah. those onesies. Yeah, that'll be the thing. They want to sell the DVDs, Blu-rays, the toys mm-hmm. the rights to whatever channel's going to show it yeah that's where they make most of their money so so did you like the pink ranger in the new film is it is she's the same character from yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're all the same cats and everything yeah i thought it was she was good i thought she was fine and i thought both of them were pretty good to be fair the pink and the yellow ranger and to be fair all all five of them i didn't get the same emotions that i had over the original pink ranger i was mm-hmm. like the pink ranger was my first crush <laughs> i must admit i i do think she was the first crush from just a character on screen. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's pretty. I like her. <laughs> but yeah, like this time I was like, I'm older now. So I was like, yeah, no, she did a good job. Yeah. Whereas I was like, oh, yeah, she is pretty. Mm-hmm. But she's not Kimberly. Yeah. She's not my Kimberly. So because um, I guess with one of my crushes was Jennifer Garner when she played Electra. Oh, yeah. And then in the new Daredevil TV series, seeing Elder Young play Electra, I was like, right, those films are back. <laughs> <laughs> so- I've got a crush on Elder Young now, so it's clearly... I think everyone's got a crush on Elder Young after Electra. So, um, yeah, it's funny how um, 
I guess for for me that that character always has something there where yeah, I yeah. guess anyone could put like I don't know I was about to, I was about to say my mum could dress as her but then I realised I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, more generally, there seems to be a I guess resurgence of like nineties nostalgia. You say you didn't go and see the film in the cinema, so you 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 weren't super hyped about it. But are you susceptible to nineties nostalgia on the whole? I am. You know when when they do the old clips or like. These are from the 90s YouTube videos and stuff like that. Uh, you do get a little good old kick from it. Um, I think like that's the earliest of the 90s sort of stuff. Like All the other stuff I used to watch used to be like old 80s reruns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then towards the back end of the 90s, obviously, you had the shows like Batman. But it's because Power Rangers was on first thing in the morning before you went to school. You'd, mm-hmm. There was always like some random cartoon, which I can never remember what it was, because they always changed it. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have Power Rangers. And then you'd go to school. Mm-hmm. So it was easy. And then during summer holidays, which today I'd sack myself for getting up so early, but I'd get up early to watch the Power Rangers that were on in the morning. Mm-hmm. But now, I, I like a good nostalgia trip as, <laughs> as good as anyone. But, you know, if I'm going to go see a movie, it's got to be a movie I like. They're getting expensive now to go yeah. see a movie. And Marvel takes up half of my finances <laughs> with their films. So, But I saw, um, I think it was from Bustle. It wasn't a... Ask got someone written about 90s nostalgia and they were arguing that it's because I guess the 90s was sort of pre-internet or I guess like pre-everything being internet yeah. and the media that we consumed I guess we consumed less media and so it meant more like I guess the difference between watching Power Rangers every morning yeah. compared to now where if I suddenly got into Power Rangers I would probably blitz it over a weekend watch all the episodes and then never maybe n- never think of it again so you don't yeah. have that same attachment to it I guess when you think of Power Rangers or shows from that time, do you associate them with being that age? Is it kind of a... Because I guess my thing is, um, when I was slightly older, I remember in the morning watching on Channel 4, it would either be Frasier, Will and Grace, Just Shoot Me, or Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. And I can't... I think about those shows and I think about the room that I was in watching them. I think about my, eating my cereal. Yeah. I can sort of like taste it when thinking about those shows. Yeah, you, you remember exactly what you were doing because you were young enough and it was just... It was sort of background noise. Like, mm. it was, a lot of them, and they were just entertainment. Mm. Like, that's generally how I viewed Power Rangers now. Like, they were entertainment. There was nothing. I never felt there was anything deep on it. Maybe I learned all my morals from Power <laughs> Rangers. I didn't learn the eating healthy moral. That completely went over my head. <laughs> but those Krispy Kremes. <laughs> those Krispy Kremes. The new film's morals got me. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was a fun time. It was fun to watch. The Pink Ranger was cute. Mm-hmm. So I got a crush out of it. So it all worked out well. Actually, like how? Um, so you say that she was cute. Like how? Like looking back to it, what makes you think it was a crush? Like how do you? What you say you didn't want your sister oh, to play that character? Like what makes you? Because I don't know what makes you feel feel, feel it as a crush. When I said first crush, you said Pink Ranger. Mainly because I like the posters of her. Mm-hmm. I had a collect. If like she was on the front cover, I'd want the magazine. Yeah. Like at the time, I didn't know it was a crush. Yeah. I, I was a silly little kid. I just really liked her. I thought she was really pretty. Yeah. And I was always imagining myself as the Green Ranger. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I get the Pink Ranger. And that was, that was sort of it. It mm. went until later on that I was like, oh, I was so young and naive. <laughs> you know, there's been 14 main Pink Rangers, nine historic alternate reality Rangers, five unique evil Rangers, and 18 enhancement modes. I mean, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I think Power, Power Rangers, I, I think this year is their 25th anniversary. Uh, okay. 
And I know there hasn't always been a pink ranger. I mean, do they have, um, do the colors actually have any significance other than, like, is it, I don't know, one's the mechanic? Um, no, normally it's red is the leader, pink's the girl, and the other colors sort of change depending on the characters, I think. So I haven't seen all the shows, so like, I can't mm. give you a character archetype for each particular character. Yeah, I've read a, a cool thing from um, Ken A. Ono, Power Rangers, an ideological critique of neocolonialism. Is that what you thought watching it as a kid, that it was a critique of neocolonialism? Not a clue. <laughs> not a clue. Um, Probably not as a kid. So, I mean, he's just talking about the, the costumes, and it's quite interesting to talk about how, um, while Kimberly's not the only woman on the show, that her Anglo character represents quintessential feminine behaviour is indicated by her pink uniform, a colour conventionally used to distinguish between boys and girls. Like, basically that idea that she is seen as being default woman because she's white and so the yeah. other characters is based on their race and she's allowed to just be pink. Although I guess then you get to the whole issues of pink being a... <sighs> and then so in terms of the other colours though. So Jason is the red-blooded ranger and Billy's blue-trimmed outfit signifies his gender and stereotypically masculine-minded focus on science. Do you buy into that in those colours? I mean, to be fair... The only other, the only other major blue character I was into was Sonic the Hedgehog, and he was definitely not a science nerd. Like he was, he'd be the Red Ranger in Power Rangers. That's <laughs> that's what Sonic the Hedgehog would have been. So I never really associated the blue with the geek, mainly because later on one of the Red Rangers became a Blue Ranger. Mm-hmm. So maybe at the t- for the nineties one for the original one, I ju- I was too young to even yeah. think about it. I was just looking at the game. Red, black, yeah, blue, yeah. green, yellow. I, I found this like, article really interesting. Like I said, I, I feel like I just sort of read these out because I don't think there's any questions to it. I think they're just interesting things to think about because you know how saying how um, having, I guess, two members, well, how many members are there? There's five in the team. Uh, five and then the Green Ranger joins to so make six. five or six with two people of colour in the 90s is yeah. pretty good. I mean, it's quite a low bar. But then, um, so Ken Aono argues that um, through the ritual reconstruction of the inherent logic of race, gender, class, and sexual differences, the series contributes to a society that, far from being post-colonial, merely reproduces latent colonialist relations. So, um, not happy with the... Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't have any questions. I just think it's really interesting. And then another point, which also <laughs> is interesting. So, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers encourages increased legitimization of any sympathy for policing agents, first by normalizing the aggressive, violent, and apparently vigilante actions of the Power Rangers that they take to serve justice, and second, by encouraging more tolerance of violence against those depicted as demonic and abnormal. So, do you think this watching the Power Rangers made you want to start up a police state? Um, well, the police in the show that eventually come on later on were never really good. Mm-hmm. Like They were always incompetent, because the bullies of the original show, who became the comic relief mm-hmm. eventually, and they stopped being the bullies... They joined the police force, mm-hmm. and their captain and them weren't particularly the best police officers okay. in the world. Mm-hmm. Secondly, there, there were, I don't recall ever seeing any monster that was barring like one who wasn't quite who was like half human, half monster, but she was never destroyed, mm-hmm. and she was clearly the villain. Mm-hmm. All the other monsters looked like monsters. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't judge people by their appearance, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Power Rangers eventually found a monster that was good and they didn't destroy it and they learned to help it and es- help him escape the clutches of evil. The, the, that idea of, um, I guess, monsters being inherently evil, I was thought interesting with Buffy. So I think that was a big thing about how the reason why they gave the vampires like the demon face was so yeah. they're not like, they're not like real people. So yeah. Buffy's not just murdering people in the street. But then you do have, I guess, some of the demons were good and then Spike... 
they tried to re- rehabilitate Spike. And it's kind of like... He got a soul. He but this was even before he had a soul, though. He was yeah, kind, yeah. They kind of got him to be better. So you've got you've set up this like intrinsic demons are bad, but yeah. then by having some that are good, you've undermined that, and it means that Buffy is potentially murdering people who could have been redeemed. <laughs> so Power Rangers handles it a bit better, where when the creatures become good and they learn to do it, they they learn that not everyone not everyone just because you're different mm-hmm. is bad, mm-hmm. and they can be helped, and they should be helped, and they should be looked after and protected. Mm-hmm. So Power Rangers did deliver that message. But genuinely, that monster wasn't trying to step on people and blow up the city. And it was Power Rangers, and it was the Rangers at the time being, oh, look, there's a monster, let's kill it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and it's at that point that even their person who was like their mentor at the time was like, ah, I think something's not quite right here. Because if you notice, he's not destroying anything. Mm-hmm. Let's take a different approach. And the mentor teaches the Rangers, just because they look different, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be it. However, and their mentor at the time was a giant dog. For that particular what? team. Hey, it was a giant warrior dog. <laughs> you have not convinced me to check out this show. <laughs> and, and he had a giant sword. And eventually he The dog a had a giant sword? Yeah. Was it a real dog? No, it wasn't a real dog. It was like a guy in a costume. What, it was like a, a was humanoid like, dog? Yeah. Like, so he had like yeah, a human a hu- body with a dog's head? Yeah. And was it like... <laughs> I get this. He, dog? His name was Doggy Kruger. What was that a pun on? Well, his first name was Doggy. Like, of all the... Ca- like, he looks like a dog, and they've given him the first okay. name Doggy. But, like, was he a Labrador? What sort of dog was he? I don't know. He was a blue dog. A blue dog? A giant blue dog. And was... Did the... I assume he was wearing a mask. Was it... Yeah. What? Oh, well, uh, the, the yeah, 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 the actor was wearing a mask. No, he would... Oh, they didn't put, like, a dog through someone's shirt no, and get it to... No. But, um, did the mouth move when he spoke? Oh, yeah, it opened and shut. It was, it was pretty obvious. It was all like, um, oh yeah, it didn't like ver- actually the mouth, the lips didn't verbalize the words. <laughs> no, the mouth just opened and shut. Was it Falcor in um, the Neverending Story? Is that yeah. the, the flying squid yeah, dog. Uh, I think so. Yeah. And yeah, it, the mouth just opens and shuts. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It's Power Rangers. Don't expect high quality budget from this <laughs> TV show. But yeah, they did their don't just destroy monsters because they look different. Mm-hmm. Fight them because they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Which you know, nine out of ten times. In fact. 9.9 out of 10 times mm. they were the bad guys and trying to step on the city and blow everyone up. <laughs> so they, they handled it eventually. It took them a couple of series, but they got there. I mean, it never became one of the intrinsic messages of Power Rangers. They were still very keen on healthy eating above uh, not judging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The healthy eating thing is just constantly <laughs> thing. All right. Now we're getting to dark territory. <laughs> okay. Not necessarily dark territory, I guess slightly creepy. So there's a, an article by Joshua Rivera called The Strange Internet Legacy of the Pink Power Ranger. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you mentioned the internet, I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit of this article that I won't get into. There's one bit that I'll just pick out, which I thought was quite interesting. So, so it's a, a arguing that Kimberly came like a fetish object in the films. So there's a bit where Ivan Ooze, is he, he's the bad guy, and Goldar, are they? Gold? In, in, yeah. So Ivan Ooze says... Um, Ooh, here she comes, the cute little pink ranger to the rescue. To which Goldar responds, you think she's cute too, huh? See? It wasn't just me that thought she was cute. <laughs> but they're villains, Richard. <laughs> and then so Joshua Viviaria says that it's not a shockingly offensive display by any means, but it's noticeable in a movie that's mostly there to smash action figures together for kids. Almost as if Kimberly isn't there to be a point of identification for girls in the audience, but for boys to find cute. It's reminiscent of the sort of thinking that put Carrie Fisher in a gold bikini and turned her into geek fixation for nearly 30 years. I mean, I'd like to point out Carrie Fisher killed one of the 
worst gangsters in the Star Wars galaxy in that gold bikini. And I'm sure she, or like, they didn't need to put her in the gold bikini. I completely get that. And I completely side with that. But she's still in that bikini, killed one of the most mm. horrific gangsters in the Star Wars galaxy. No one had killed Jabba the Hutt. No one had even gotten close to killing Jabba the Hutt, which is surprising considering he's a giant worm. <laughs> But she strangled him to death. So yeah, and I saw some interesting takes on that because I think um, Disney a couple of years ago started recalling the Leia in the bikini memorabilia because they thought it was a bit gross. And there was some I can't remember the reasoning behind it, but there seems to be some quite well written f- think pieces that were talking about actually that maybe wasn't the best way to go. And while there's some uh, gross elements of it, there's also perhaps some positive stuff from it. I'll try and find some articles and put them okay, in the Carrie description. Fisher always said, you know, I, I know she wasn't like particularly pleased with the bikini, mm-hmm. but. She holds up to it like, hey, that was when I looked my absolute best <laughs> and I kicked ass in that bikini. So I always feel like, hey, Carrie Fisher was cool with it. I'm sure at the time she probably didn't want to do it. <laughs> but nowadays she looks back at, well, she did look back and was like, huh, I can live with it. I can't remember where, where I was, documentary I was watching. There was something where, I can't remember if it was in George Lucas's house or Carrie Fisher's house, but he'd sent her like a model of her in the bikini, which you could take the bra off. <laughs> <laughs> so classic George Lucas in that pants. Um, yeah, so then uh, Joshua goes on to say, if the fascination with the Pink Ranger demonstrates anything at all, it's how the perception of women as mere objects lust after starts early. It leverages the thin two-dimensional portrayals of women featured in media aimed at boys. I'm not reading this very well. It's cultivated through adolescence on the dark private message boards and forms of the internet and allowed to fester through adulthood by men who refuse to say anything about it. So how off, how long in the day do you spend on these message boards? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to find these message boards. I, I get it. I'm surprised, I'm surprised it's about the original Pink Ranger, considering how many Pink Rangers there's been, and, like, she was in the time where there wasn't an internet. Well, there was an internet, but, mm. like, it wasn't I guess it's, that, it's that sort of memory, I guess, that nostalgic. Yeah. I don't know, I just... To be fair, as soon as you quoted that quote to me, I remember the quote actually from the movie. Because, again, I was young when I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. The movie was fun. I, I just... It, and to be fair, probably the majority of its fans are probably young boys. Mm-hmm. Do I think it could probably pull in young girls? Yeah, it could probably pull in young girls. I've, I've seen versions of the female characters that are done really well in the series. Mm-hmm. There are other episodes where the girls aren't done really well in mm-hmm. an episode. I mean, recently, one of the re- former Red Rangers, and this is in real life, killed his roommate with a sword. Oh, wow. So I don't think he'll be making a comeback to Power Rangers anytime soon. But I guess you were saying with... Um, sorry to cut you off, but you, you were saying with um, Kimberly how she had this um, relationship, she had this um, arc of going from Valley Girl. So while there's... I guess there's some content in the show which is socialising boys just to look at girls as objects which isn't healthy. And I guess if you're young, like I've, I've watched loads of things where I've looked back on stuff I watched as a kid and be like, Oh, that, that taught me that weird thing that I had to unlearn. But I guess you can look at it from that way, but also from my limited Googles, she seems to have maybe more of an arc than the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I would have said that she, the green ranger and probably the red ranger had the most arcs come to them. The Green Ranger, because he's always a loner and on the outside, she's often trying to the one to look after and bring him in. And also, like, she helps support the team. Mm-hmm. I would have said she's actually probably the support network for the team. Mm-hmm. But because, obviously, initially she was paired with the Red Ranger, not in a... I never... Like, even looking back I, and having seen some early episodes, I never got a romantic feeling for it. Mm-hmm. And then when the Green Ranger comes in, you can clearly tell she likes him. Mm-hmm. 
And then, but then she tries to look after him and tries to bring him into the fold more and more. And when the newbies start, she almost becomes, from what I can remember, like the second in command because mm. she's the second most experienced at being a Power Ranger and being the better fighter. And also, I guess when I was like that sort of age, I didn't consume media with women in it. I didn't. I was yeah. like, girls are gross. I don't like girls. Yeah. And when you're a kid, that's, that's like cooties and stuff. But it's interesting how, as a positive thing, I guess, the sort of the female characters that I related to and I guess I had crushes on when I was slightly older, it took me a while to get to that point. From you yeah. to have been younger and had a character who you were super into who was a girl, that I think can only be a, like a positive side of the Pink Ranger in terms yeah. of, cause I, I don't imagine as a kid you were like, Le- leering after <laughs> no no I can't remember ever going oh yeah sh- me and her and like starting to try and stalk her on yeah yeah no it was just it was a little crush yeah I liked her she was pretty my mum and your dad and our uncle used to tease me over it because oh no he likes the pink ranger <laughs> I used to no I don't leave me alone <laughs> that used to be my reaction yeah because that's what you do when you're little. You're like, no, yeah, I don't yeah. like that person. No, no, no. I do like that person. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. And that, that was my own mother teasing <laughs> me there. And so, yeah. No, it, it was... I never saw... I always saw them more as... They were the first incarnation of, like, superheroes that mm. I got into. So, yeah. They, they're probably the reason that I'm probably so more into superheroes. Mm. And why... And probably because of her and characters like the Yellow Rangers... Why? Like, I'm never fussed. I'm never fussed whether the hero's a guy or a girl. Yeah. So long as the arc's good. And it's probably due to the fact that she was a good character and mm. I liked her character. I liked the arc she had. And so now when I read a comic and if it's a female hero and someone's recommended, you should read this particular, these particular issues on, for this arc. And it's a good story. I'll, I'll enjoy it. I don't care that it's a female hero or a male hero. And it's weird that there's so much of geek culture which isn't like that. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you realise on the internet, it's like, oh yeah, wow, this is like, um, I can understand how being a woman in this environment would be quite frightening. Oh, and I've just realised one little um, tangent on the end. Um, talking about 90s nostalgia, did you ever watch the Hercules Legendary Journeys TV series? Obviously. So, Kevin Sorbo, who played Hercules, yeah. would you say he looks more like Brendan Fraser, Viggo Mortensen, or Hugh Jackman? Oh. Who do I think he looks like? Um, I can definitely see a bit of Brendan Fraser in there. That's the right answer. Okay. (laughs) You see any any, um, Viggo Mortensen? Some of the characters he plays, I see a bit of, especially like the Aragorn character. Mm -hmm. I can see a bit of like that leadership. Just because they both hold a sword doesn't mean they look look the same. He doesn't always hold a sword in the characters (laughs) he plays. He was in another show called Andromeda. What, Kevin Sorbo or or, or Viggo Mortensen? No, no, Kevin Sorbo. He played captain of a starship, so called the Andromeda. Hence the name of the show. <laughs> and Hugh Jackman, does he look anything like Kevin Sorbo? No, I wouldn't say. No, I don't think so. I agree. Uh, cheers to do this, Richard. That's right. You're very welcome. <laughs> it was fun. All right. Um, do you have to get off or do we want to go to get a drink at the pub or something? We can go for a drink at the pub. <laughs>